Alright Patriots, Hardliners, Warriors for Christ, it's time to stand up and take your nation back. Are you ready? It's time to assemble. It's time to return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs and get Christ back in our heart where he belongs. They've crossed this line one too many times and we are going to take this nation back once and for all. Isaiah 42:13 reminds us, the Lord goes forth like a warrior, like a man of war, he stirs up his fury. He shouts out his battle cry against his enemies. He shows his might. And that's what we will do here at His Heart Line. We will show his might. They have crossed this line for the last time. So let's take this nation back. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I am Jason Jones, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. They are the ones that are the host. They are at the captain's chair. They're behind the wheel. They're at the helm. They are the ones that are piloting this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. But remember, never fear. It does say, depending on the version of the Bible that you have, fear not, or oh, at least 360 to 365 times. So that would give you at least one time a day at minimum where it tells you fear not. So welcome to His Hard Line. I am so happy to have you all here. If you haven't figured this out and you haven't heard from the uh, 1% or less with him podcast right now, um, I'm having issues with Podbean at the moment. Um, I'm having issues with doing live uh, recording on the Podbean application. I have no idea what's going on. If I use Firefox web browser and I try to record, it makes my voice sound like a robotic, distorted uh Robotron, I don't know, you know, and it, it sounds like I'm trying to like, dis, you know, extort ransom. I mean, it's so disguised and, and, and weird and creepy sounding. And then I try to do this on the Podbean app uh, using the Safari application. And when I thought I had it figured out, it sounded normal on my monitor and, you know, on the monitor side of things. So, you know, with me hearing it. And so I did a 20 minute recording and it was completely silent. Like I had the intro music, had the outro music and then complete silence in between. So I sent an email. I'm hoping I can get some resolve here. Um, so podcast might be like kind of fading in and out this week uh, as I try to get this figured out. I'm, I'm having so many struggles right now. And this is my third big issue with Podbean now. In fact, this is one of the probably the most severe ones because it actually legitimately, and all kidding aside, is legitimately tra they're trying to censor. Now, this could be very well. I don't want to jump to conclusions. This could very well be just a technical thing. I have no idea. But I find it very odd that this is now makes three times now that I've been having issues. The first two times were with like music and then uploading podcast, you know, in a timely fashion. And now I'm having issues with actually just getting my voice recorded. I can get my intro music, outro music and whatever else, but actually getting my actual music. And it's just super frustrating. I just, I'm so over this right now. But anyways, welcome to the show. This is a His Hardline discussion. We're going to be discussing the current situation within the assembly. But first, before we get started, there is a piece I want to play that I think is very relevant that you all hear. It's uh, by Paul Harvey. It is called uh, From Freedom to Chains. And it is a nine plus minute piece, but everyone needs to hear this if you haven't heard this already, because this is so relevant with why we are assembling, why we have the assemblies nationwide, why we have our state and county assemblies, because we need to get back and take these chains off and get back to freedom, back to self-governance. This is what we have to do, ladies and gentlemen. 
We need to break the chains. So I'm going to play this piece and then I'm going to come right back and we're going to kind of go over kind of what's going on with the current situation with the assembly. So uh, here it is with Paul Harvey. At Runnymede, the Magna Carta was handed to King John on the end of a sword denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation. Yet you know it was for us, the American people, to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property. Oh, yes, we did. With an innocent-sounding constitutional amendment, the 16th, which says that Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived, and we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith. That's just about our time in the New World. And then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away, morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. And when it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. And when they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first, there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more, so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger in order to pay the additional tax collectors. It has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. Now, some believe that the need is for a vigorous, strong man to arise on the scene to regulate and regiment the affairs of men. Yet history tells us there have been several such. Once upon a time, there was a nation great and powerful and good. She was suffering from the aftermath of war, from a depression. And then came upon the scene a leader, an idealist, self-confident, intolerant of criticism. Wisely, he limited his early activities to combating the financial depression. Nobody could argue with that. But in a while, he began to regulate business and establish new rules to govern commerce and finance. Some of them in diametrical disagreement with the God-made laws of supply and demand, but anybody who disagreed with those new rules was promptly fired. The national debt mounted alarmingly. Whenever anybody tried to tell him that governments, even as people, can go broke when they spend beyond their incomes, 
He said they just didn't understand deficit finance. Well, what do you say? Did he build on rock or on sand? I say on sand. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 B.C., internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. And Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years. Just by turning to the left, the world has gone in circles. Now either we will profit from the errors of their ways, or it follows as the night, the day, our children are going to have to relive the dark ages all over again. How come after thousands of years of experiment, our new nation has come so far so fast? All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God and my country and in myself, and in that order. Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand a free education. He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains, stretching away to the tall green mountains, and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, Thank you, God. Now I can take it from here. Well, that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes began telling us we don't want opportunity anymore, we want security. We don't want opportunity, they said, we want security. They said it so often we came to believe them, we wanted security. And they gave us chains, and we were secure. Suddenly, with our constitutional guarantees depleted, with our national character eroding away, with our tax laws penalizing those who dare to prosper, with workers concentrating on how little they can get by with instead of how much they can produce, suddenly we looked overhead one day to discover that the first tin moon in space was a Russian accomplishment, that free men dragging their feet had been outdistanced by slave workers dragging their chains, and we were sore afraid. Perhaps this was a disguised blessing too. Maybe a dramatic accomplishment by this Cold War adversary was necessary to get us off our dead centers and back to work again. If we can revive in ourselves, then in our youth, 
something of that basic American's creed, the horizon has never, ever been so limitless. For man stands now on the threshold of his highest adventure of all, his first faltering footsteps into space. Twenty years from today, half of the products you will be using in your everyday living aren't even in the dictionary yet. We've got it made. If we just keep on keeping on, we've got it made. And if we don't, we will follow those other great nation states of history into the graveyard of ignominious oblivion. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve. Well, there you have it. We will get exactly what we deserve if we do not break this, ladies and gentlemen. we got to break these chains. I tell you, I hope that hit you the same way that it hit me because, you know, this is why we are doing what we are doing in the assembly. There is a purpose and a reason for why we're doing things. It's not for our own health. It's not for a power grab. It's because we want to just be left alone. We want to dwindle down the size of government the way it should have been, the way our founding fathers intended it to be. Government was never meant to be this big mega, you know, this mega corporation that's supposed to be a nanny state and takes care of us because what it ends up doing is just what, what, just that it'll put us in chains. Now, listen, here's where we're at now during the first hundred years from its formation, the United States of America became the most powerful and prosperous country in the world. And it came to be recognized as being the bastion of freedom, the home of liberty, the land of opportunity. Immigrants from all parts of the globe immigrated to the USA in order to realize the American dream. Its core was the understanding that all people are entitled to the fruits of their labor and that the government had no authority to confiscate property and earnings of the people without their consent. But the reason for its immediate growth is the fact that it was built on biblical principles. Its growth and success was based on faith and the belief that the Almighty Creator and not government is our provider. Its foundation was the implementation of sound money to be used with honest weights and measures in a free market economic system. And yes, if you read in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, you'll find a lot of writings about having honest weights and measures. Having dishonest weights and measures literally is really sinning against God. You'll see a lot of reference of that in the Bible. But unfortunately, in its second hundred years, certain powerful forces gained control of the government and took measures to extend that control of the monetary system and all other aspects of lives of our lives and, and promoted the false concept that people should expect their government to take care of them, thereby making the people subservient to the government. No, 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 no. That's not how that works, ladies and gentlemen. We are not subservient to the government. We are not the serfs. We are not the subjects. They're our employees. They serve us. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to get back to the Constitution, the organic Constitution, the original organic Bill of Rights. You need to be very familiar with the words on those historical documents because, listen, they're not just some old pieces of paper. Those are documents that lay out the foundation that give us the ability to lay claim of our lives and be truly a free people. One community, one nation under God. 
And efforts were put forth to usurp that power and that authority from the people and the states and give it to the federal government. So, so too, confiscatory taxes were enacted that served to slow down and stifle the economy and cause an increasingly greater number of its people to become dependent upon it. The land of opportunity was slowly but steadily being transformed into the land of entitlements. And that's what we're seeing right now, ladies and gentlemen. We, we are a land of entitlements. Nobody wants to work anymore. Everybody wants something free. They don't care if it's at the cost of their own parents or their own kindred. They don't care. Now, we have now come to a point as a nation whereby the private sector is no longer capable of supporting the public sector. Government debt has grown astronomically to levels which render it incapable of ever satisfying them. Yet to placate its creditor masters, the government is striving to increase taxes even more, even though, even though that measure will further discourage economic growth and exasperate our national debt crisis. Simultaneously, in order to control the potentially hostile masses and under the banner of national security rights, liberties have been denied through egregious legislation by the legislative body that literally had no authority. Then worst of all, the government is getting increasingly hostile towards its people, and Americans have come to realize that their elected officials, quote-unquote their elected officials, no longer care what they have to say or what the officials, or, or that the officials are not moved by our complaints. Well, I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. They never cared. They sure acted like they did, but they've never cared. They're not moved by our complaints. Sure, they might placate towards us a little bit. They might, you know, entertain us and, 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 and act like, you know, they put on this big show like they actually are doing something, you know, for us, we the people, but they're not. The Republican, the De Democratic Party, you know, the Democrat Party, the conservative movement, the liberal movement, you know, it doesn't matter what movement it is. They're all, all the same party. It's, it's, it's a uniparty. They just use different labels, but they're all the same party. Meanwhile, they're screwing and steamrolling the American people over while behind closed doors laughing behind our backs. They have become destructive to the people, ladies and gentlemen. And again, this is why we are assembling. This is our right. Now listen, here's what, here's what happened. And to give you a little bit more uh, context and historical, uh, I guess, uh, education, go back to the podcast that's titled Then and Now in Assembly. Listen to that one and then come back to this. This will make a little bit more sense. But Congress enacted the Act of 1871, which President Ulysses S. Grant signed into law. And this act created the corporate United States of America, all capital letters, by the way, which, with which to govern Washington, D.C. Now, the new corporate entity then enticed the states to likewise incorporate. Now, Michigan, a free and independent state, as an example, became the corporate state of Michigan. Next, they took steps to turn the sovereign people of the state into citizens of this imposter government. Having done so, our nation ceased to be a biblical constitutional republic. Can you see why they want God out of the public square? Now, since then, elected officials, again, I use elected very loosely, quote-unquote, elected officials have been serving their international 
employers rather than the people who elected them. Who are those international employers? Oh, I don't know. The Vatican, uh, London, the British Royal Crown. Um, let's see here. Uh, the central banking system, IMF, the United Nations, you know, all them. The cabal, in other words. We the people, however, are of the understanding and believe that we live in and are being governed by the United States Republic. This is demonstrated by the Pledge of Allegiance that is regularly recited as follows. We pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. Hopefully you can hear the emphasis added. We do not pledge allegiance to the corporation of for which it stands, but rather to the Republic. And to the Republic for which it stands, ladies and gentlemen. The fact of the matter is, is that we did not ex expatriate ourselves from the Republic in order to join the corporate de facto government. No, we didn't do any of that. We didn't become citizens by consent. We, didn't, we did not agree to that. But yet somehow we find ourselves in that situation. How? But rather, the corporation has been using unlawful tactics to draw we the people under their control. That's how. And those tactics are centered on the use of marriage licenses, birth certificates, driver's license, bank accounts, social security as a result of the 14th Amendment, all contain adhesion contracts. Having acquired any or all of these adhesions, we unknowingly give the government authority over us. For example, marriage licenses make the government a third party to marriages and gives it ownership of the children produced by the unions. Figure that one out, ladies and gentlemen. Can you see how deep this goes and how we're starting to see where child trafficking stems from? It's the government, the corporate government, ladies and gentlemen. And they also make users liable for the income tax that otherwise would pertain to only the people of Washington, D.C. Then furthermore, they give the states the right to demand licenses to travel and operate businesses. And all of these things have served to systematically deprive we the people of our natural rights and subject us to power. Excuse me, to subject us to power-mongering governmental authorities. And again, we the people did not leave, nor did we ever attempt to leave or expatriate ourselves from the Constitutional Republic. But to our surprise and dismay, we find that it was hijacked from us by elected officials who converted it to a corporation owned by foreigners. Again, I've already listed those foreigners. But now that we are aware of the truth and more and more people are awakening in this great awakening, it is our right and it is our duty to restore our land to its lawful status. To this we do not have to restore to or we don't have to resort to revolution or riot or military coup instead instead the strategy the strategy is to accomplish the objective by relying exclusively on the truth and the pen so as it pertains to assuming power again America was restored, not by revolution, riot, or military coup, but rather by conveying the truth to the people via word of mouth and the pen. We are not enemies of the corporate government, and we are taking no actions to bring it down. In fact, 
quite the contrary. We understand the difficulties it faces and pray for the Lord to bless all who hold office. However, like everyone else, we see that the corporate government is all but officially bankrupt and insolvent. As such, it is losing influence throughout the world as well as the confidence of its citizens. Now, with the other countries no longer wanting to acquire more of its debt, the corporate government is increasingly becoming incapable of meeting its financial obligations. So when that happens, the dollar will rapidly drop, as we are seeing happen right now, in value. It's going to drop in value more and more and more as time presses on. And we are seeing that with China, Russia, and other countries that are dropping the dollar. I mean, look at Russia. They peg gold to the ruble. The Chinese yuan has, is pegged to gold as well. Now, with our government prepared and in place, and what I say our government, I'm talking about the people's government, the, the assembly, the de jure government for the republic. It is prepared and in place, and we will be there to assist in the transition. Not only will chaos throughout the country be averted, and a period of renewed prosperity will begin almost instantly. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see a switch over in the changing of the guard, but it's not going to happen with violence and civil war and bloodshed. No. It's going to happen peacefully. This is why we're seeing the chaos that we're seeing right now in the nation with the inflation. I'm not going to sit here and tout Q uh, quotes saying trust the plan. Listen, Q. I mean, listen, I follow Q. It's very, very brilliant how it was executed. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you trust the plan. But what I am going to tell you is get involved. Be, become, become part of the plan. Because that is the plan. If you trust the plan, then, you need, then, then you're basically trusting yourself to be involved on your local level. At the county level, at the state level. Listen, the only thing that can stop we the people from fully re-inhabiting our constitutional republic is the lack of courage and conviction to take back what is rightfully ours. Are you ready to stand for yourself and your family and for the future prosperity of this nation and your future generations to come? Are you ready to stand up for that? Listen, I want to read something to you. It's the last paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. And it says, We... Therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connections between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. And that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And ladies and gentlemen, here's my favorite grand finale sentence. Because I stand by it. And it says, And for the, and for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. 
And yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is what I pledge. I pledge my life. I pledge my fortune and my sacred honor. There's nothing more for me to want to live for in this world other than my daughter and my wife. I'm doing this for my daughter, for my future grandchildren. Hopefully I'll have another son or daughter in the future. I'm doing this for you, your children, your children's children. I'm doing this for everyone, for everyone, for all of us, for all of us. And it's not just me. There's a large group of patriots, freedom fighters, true freedom fighters that are out there fighting for this nation, for freedom, to get back to self-governance, to return God back to the top of the throne. For all. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what creed you follow. Doesn't matter your ideology. Doesn't matter what your sexuality is. It doesn't matter because we are not the judges of your lives. God is ultimately the judge. But at the end of the day, good, bad, or indifferent, at the end of the day, as long as you are pro-freedom and you are against an evil satanic cabal that wants to shackle us with chains and keep us from freedom, then you're on my side. If you're, if you're on the side for freedom, freedom and you want to break those chains, you're on my side. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you were a Democrat, liberal. I don't care if you were progressive. If you are starting to awaken to the fact that we've been getting royally screwed and been pitted against each other by these corporate cabalists, these demons in D.C., as long as you understand that fact and you comprehend that they've pitted each other against each other, you're on my side. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is why the assembly exists. This is why your participation is required. It is your right. It is your duty to get involved. This is your nation. And I'm just paraphrasing here, but just like John F. Kennedy said, don't ask what your nation can do for you. Ask what you can do for your nation. This is what you can do for your nation. And it doesn't have to be a full-time job. Just an hour a week in your local community for the assembly. That's all. Very simple. Very minimal. It doesn't have to disrupt your life, but at the end of the day, you do have to take your life back. And if you want your freedom back, you have to be involved to some degree. No more riding on the coattails of other people. No more, because that got us nowhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you yet again for another day of life, good health, we pray for the assemblies to continuously grow so that we return to self-governance sooner than later and once and for all get true freedom back and get rid of these corporations once and for all that keep trying to shackle us, that keep trying to enslave us. We pray that you guide us. And, and in the process, we also ask for your forgiveness. We repent of our sins, not just individually, but collectively as a nation. Because we were so asleep at the wheel and ignorant and blinded. While we're awake, 
We have the eyes to see and we have the ears to hear. We see what's going on. And there's more people awakening. We will make these wrongs and turn them into rights. Just guide us. Trust us. As we trust in you, Lord. In your son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. That's all I got. Don't forget to share this website, www.hishardline.com. Share this far and wide. I do not ask for donations, so please share this with at least five to ten friends and family members through social media, email, text, or even word of mouth. I don't care. Just get it out there. We need to keep growing this. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep working on Podbean to see if I can get my live on-air recording up and running again. I do not know what's going on there, so... Please say a prayer for that, that I can get that resolved. In the meantime, I'm going to have to keep using um, GarageBand on my MacBook Air here and uh, do my podcast like this and just upload the MP3 audio for everyone to listen. So I do apologize that there's going to be no live audio in the meantime. All right, that's all I got. And until then or the next time, have a wonderful night and God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so very much for joining us here for another His Hardline discussion. Don't forget to share this website, www.hisheartline.com. Share this podcast far and wide. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's what it means to be a hardliner. We are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. We are warriors for Christ, and this is the Lord's fight. It's time to take this nation back and return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs. Thank you for joining us again, and come back again. Have a blessed night.